Let the sun shine. It's episode 29. Hello and welcome back to the Rena Hundred Show. Did I even say my own name right? Uh, this is the show where I, Rena Hundert, talk about a topic every week, if that's what I feel like doing. Otherwise, I do something else. But this week, that is what I'm doing. Yeah, that is what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, my God. My personality is disintegrating before your very ears. Um, but this week, we're going to talk about idols. Idols, like human idols, like celebrities. Because it's always been very fascinating to me. Um, Not only because I myself have had idols, but because I've never really been a fanatic about anybody. I've never cried when a celebrity died, and I just don't really get it. Sometimes I feel like I care a little. It's always very peripherally. Like when, um, oh God, I'm not going to remember his name. Eh. Izzy played guitar. Da 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 da. That guy. When that guy died, <laughs> this is what pregnancy brain does to you. It just makes you not remember words or names. Um, that should make make for a great podcast. I bet you're like screaming his name in your head. Everybody else knows his name. Um, when that guy died, star man waiting in the sky. That guy. Um. <laughs> I guess I think I posted on social media about it, and I kind of felt like, oh, how strange. He already kind of seemed like he was from the afterlife, you know? And I thought about him. I mean, I thought about the image of him, I guess. Um, But, like, it's just never been... It's never really hit home for me, and I've never really understood the parasocial relationships that people have with these uh, celebrities or why they look up to them. I mean... I think I used to look up to them when I was younger and trying to find adults to look up to. I looked up to Tori Amos because she was just so um, vulnerably and angrily feminine in, in exactly the way that I needed for my own hormonal catharsis at the time. It was great. She's great. I Okay, I guess I do kind of care about her, but I wouldn't cry if she died. She's just kind of a thing to me um, because I don't know her and we've never hung out and she's not my friend. Or maybe I have a heart of stone and that's why. I don't know. Maybe that is why. But what is it? Why do we want to turn people into gods? Why Why do we love looking up to other people when we are people? And in theory, we are all equal, not equivalent, but equal, Why do we like putting other people on a pedestal to idolize them, to look up to them, to kind of fantasize about their perfect life that we don't have and what that could mean in our lives if if we had their lives? Why do we love to do that? I mean, I think in some ways it's a craving for the unattainable perfection, human perfection. And because we can't attain it ourselves, at least we could have a little imagined dalliance with projecting it onto other people and we can imagine that at least for them life is perfect at least for someone perfection is indeed 
possible, even if it is not possible for us ourselves. But then it's so weird to me when people feel like they have real relationships with these people and parasocial relationships replace weird ones. I mean, real ones. Well, they could be weird too. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and it's honestly the thing that scares me the most about being in entertainment is the minuscule possibility that I could blow up into this um, kind of larger-than-life figure that doesn't really represent the real me and it, because well, because everyone's perception of you is so particularized, crystallized. It's like all these little snowflakes of people that see you a certain way, and then there's branding, and that's not really you, and they all have these like imagined relationships with you, and you don't even know about, uh, let's say, thousands, maybe millions, depending how successful you are, of people that have these like secret, private kind of relationships with you in their head, or at least the concept of you. It's very frightening w with me, and it's frightening like what it would do to my psychic energy. But then I love to entertain, and, and I love having people in a room and being on stage, and isn't a stage kind of like a little pedestal? I love being on that pedestal, and I love kind of funneling the energy in the, in the room and then throwing it back onto them and being like, you should have a great night right now. <laughs> but then I guess in a way it's like I want people to come to my show, but I don't want them to think about me ever <laughs> or notice me when I'm not on stage. I don't know. And it's so strange how we just think that these people have these amazing lives. We imagine the glitz and the glamour and the fun and the... Uh, the riches, I mean, especially now when the economy's so bad, isn't it fun every once in a while to indulge in some wealth porn and just think like, okay, so the, these characters on this show are garbage, but what would I do with all that money? Well, I, of course, would love it and have a great life and live happily ever after, happily. Yeah, so I guess a, a lot of it really is fantasy and escape from the mundane, because wouldn't it be nice not to have to do any menial tasks? Of course, you know, globally speaking, there's already so many menial tasks that other people are doing for us. Um, uh, if you're in a certain socioeconomic situation, you're not making your own clothes. You're not farming your own food. You're not trucking your own food from the farm to your door, you know. Some people don't even clean their own house, don't have to clean their own houses or do their own laundry and it goes on and on and until you get to that crazy level of like some people probably don't, still don't dress themselves. They have like a butler. Oh my God, the glorious laziness of being wealthy. Well, glorious, I mean, some might call it um, parasitic. <laughs> But then again, I'm conflating being wealthy with being an idol because although there is a Venn diagram, many wealthy people stay out of the limelight and many people in the limelight aren't actually that wealthy. They just kind of seem like they should be. And I think that's a lot of what we're running up against with these strikes that are going on in Hollywood that everybody assumes that, oh, actors and writers in Hollywood, their lives are glitz and glam and they live in mansions and they're doing so good. Why are they on strike? And it's like, actually, the whole thing is like a really hardworking machine full of lower middle class people like pumping out stuff in the entertainment factory that is 
the entertainment industry. People are working 17, 20 hour days. They don't see their family. Some of them are, you know, like they, even, and I mean, yes, it's the writers and the actors on strike. It's not the Teamsters, it's not, but it's like, but they're all, they're all shut down. A lot of, you know, production is shut down. They're also not able to work and they're in solidarity because they know that 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 these people don't respect them either and it's like we need to stand up against these larger forces okay i've gone totally off topic but it's like in a way a lot of the pr work that has created some of these people's careers is working against them right now because people don't have pity for people that they imagine have the perfect life which is really just a result of their own projective parasocial imaginings. I don't even know if those words made grammatical sense, but I think you're following me here. And then, of course, that can turn into some kind of crazy jealousy and obsession um, if you're not careful or if, or if your ego, you know, suddenly you think you should have all these things and they shouldn't. Kind of like how I feel about Lady Gaga sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm envious. If there's anyone I'm envious of, sometimes it's her because, uh, I mean, I don't think actually I'd want day to day her life, but I used to be a lounge singer and uh, I'd love to be a world famous pop superstar. You know, I think it would be pretty fun and I can sing pretty well and I just feel like I could do it, but it wasn't, it's not me. I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't focus around that and decide that that's what I wanted to do. And I didn't really give it the old college try as hard as I think she worked. So, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of it really does come down to hard work, doesn't it? And then, and then you don't even know if you're going to like it on the other side. Would you even like being famous or being an idol? I mean, from the outside, it looks great, but from the inside, never having a moment's peace in public? I don't know. You better be a narcissist, because if you're not hooked on that supply, you're going to get sick of people real quick. I think another reason people love to idolize other people is just very, very simply that it's something to think about other than yourself. And if you're sick of your life and sick of your problems and need an escape, and just want to feel like you're somebody else. You know, you can just be like, huh, that's Liza Minnelli. She's Liza. And just kind of, you know, get into the zone of, like, the branding and the vibe of that idol and that celebrity and that kind of feeling of what it would be like to be Liza. <laughs> I am not picking... I don't think the celebrities that many people care about. Well, I think a lot of people like Lady Gaga. Anyways, um, but you never know. You shouldn't abandon your own life because you never really know who might consider you their idol. Dun, dun, dun.